Jesus. Luke 19, verse 1 through 6. And it says, And Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, mm. he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down. For today I must abide at thy house. And he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. My God. What? What did just happen? Zacchaeus changed his point of view. <laughs> Zacchaeus, he took up a vantage point so he can see from up high. And because of what he did, Jesus saw him. And Jesus oh, said, and, and Jesus oh, said, what? What? <laughs> Zacchaeus, <laughs> make haste, come down, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, come down. Yeah. Come down. Yes. Yes. When we position ourselves, when our vantage point, get this, when our point of view become his vantage point, I'm telling you what I heard yesterday. Now, yesterday, I mean to say this, I didn't read the scripture. I just heard it and I just, and the Holy Ghost really began to flow. But what I heard is revival is coming mm -hmm. to your house. But it's important that we allow our point of view to come in alignment with his vantage point. Mm -hmm. My God, my God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My God. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. You know that that is that's good because you know you know those that were on last week, you know, we talked about seeing things from God's vantage point and that when we see from his vantage point then we have an advantage, you know, upon the situation because the enemy he wants us to just see with these natural eyes. That's the that's the only thing that the enemy, he wants you to see just this natural, you know, oh, well, look, look, look at the neighbors across the street. They got a new car. You know, look, look, look how this one, look what's happened over here. Look what, but we know, we, we not look, we not looking like how God sees. How God sees is so much different than what these natural eyes can see. And so even with Zacchaeus, Right. He was up above. You know, we talked last week concerning about, you know, rising above and then, you know, seeing how God sees. Well, isn't that something that this man, he got high and then the father said, come down here, <laughs> come down here. But still, he had his eyes. He wanted to see this man, Christ. And so he went high and then the father said, come down. And he did quickly. He obeyed. 
he obeyed. He didn't say, well, no, I'm, I'm just going to stay up here because uh, this is where I, I, I just want to see what you look like. <laughs> you know, I already got all I need. I'm rich. <laughs> but no, that was not enough. That wasn't enough riches or anything. It wasn't enough to then have relationship, have some time with Christ, our savior. So then he came down. And that that that's that's for all of us too. Sometimes we sometimes the heavenly father has to we have to come up, <laughs> but then sometimes we got to come down. But the thing is that we keep relationship communication. Remember, it was about communication to have the vantage point. You have to be in communication with the one that created you. And when you have that communication, he heard, <laughs> even though there were all those people, even though all was going on, he heard and he quickly, he quickly made haste. What are we doing? What are we doing when he's saying, come on, hey, come on. <laughs> I said, revival is going to be in your house. Well, what? Are we are we jumping for joy joyfully about that? What are we doing? We got choices in the midst. You know, just as we just went over that and 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 but I even in that, in that moment right there during that time of prayer and, and the time of releasing that word, some just some that watch that are watching right now, you just received your second win. When I say your second win, it's like, you know, like when someone is out there running and they are are, are doing exercise, they're running this marathon and they begin to get tired and they begin to get weary. And and in there sometimes you have to get your second win. Mm -hmm. I heard what I began to hear. I began to hear some screaming. I began to hear some yelling. For there are some that are listening. You have been just just right in that moment. You just began. You um just began to scream and yell out. That's our Holy Ghost. He's given you your second win in this journey. He has given you your second win. And I want you to encourage you to run your race. To run your race to run your race with everything you got and know that God is with you. Mm -hmm. For he's more than a whole world against you. Run your race. Mm -hmm. My God, my God, mm -hmm. my God. You know, yes. um, yesterday in service, um, you had all of us to breathe in mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and uh, inhale mm -hmm. and then breathe out. Mm -hmm. But I would like for us to do that, mm -hmm. if you don't mind. And yes, um, and when, but I want us to breathe in and something, and, and I just felt like even when you said about someone yelling out, but be, right before he said that, I just saw that about breathing in, and we're gonna hold it, and then we're gonna we're not gonna just release air, but we're gonna we're gonna yell out hallelujah, okay? So I don't know where you are. <laughs> there might be people in your house. <laughs> it's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> it's up to you. Mm -hmm. But we're going to breathe in. Mm -hmm. And then 
I want you to breathe out. But as you breathe out, that you yell out hallelujah. Mm -hmm. And ha hallelujah, some people might not know, you know, some, well, some people, you know, that's the highest praise. But it's two words. It's hallel yah. That's what it's really. We say hallelujah. And if you see a spelling, there's a, um, and it has a J in it, but it's really Hallel Yah, Yah, God. And, you know, that, that, that's, that, that, that's and, and it's praise be to God. <laughs> and I just, yes. so we're gonna, we're gonna breathe in, okay? Let me say this real quick. Go ahead. Yes, 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 so, yes. So as you are getting ready, you're getting yourself ready to give a yell. <laughs> To give a shout, give to um, give, give a, a ruah of God, the fresh breath of God, the aon ruah. My God, my God. What the Lord said, He said, Many of you have been in a spiritual place, you've been fighting, you've been fighting, and you've been fighting. And you feel like there is no end to this battle that you are in. Some have felt like they have been knocked out spiritually, some feel they have been knocked down and they've been struggling to get up. To get up. And now, as she was saying about this deep breath, come on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Lead us in. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so what I want you to do, I want you, first of all, right where you are. Now, especially, now listen, again, in the Greek, ruah, it means the breath of God. The breath of God. And I know even right now, some has already had that encounter already in this this little bit of time. But my God, my God, my God. So what I want you to do, we're going to take a deep breath together. We're going to hold it. And then when I say release, you yell out, hallelujah. All right? So let's go. All right, all right. Let's take a deep breath. Hold it. And release. Hallelujah! Bless Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 We're going to do uh -huh. that again. Come on. All right. All right. All right. Let's so, take a deep breath. Mm -hmm. Take a deep breath. Hold it and release. Hallelujah. 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 Yes. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy, Father. It doesn't matter what it looks like. Hallelujah. Oh you are worthy of all of our praise. Yes. You are worthy of the honor. Yes. You are worthy, Lord God, of clean lives. You are worthy of clean lives. You are worthy of clean lives, Father. You are worthy of it all. So, Lord God, we pray in the name of Jesus, we would give it to you. That we would give it to you, Father. Thank you, Father. Get ready for victory. Thank you, Jesus. Let it be a war cry. Let it be a, a cry of victory, a shout of victory. My God, my God, my God, my God, my God. Hallelujah, Jesus. All right, y'all. Let's hit it. <laughs> Woo! Oh, man, my, my. Hallelujah. That's a shout of victory. Thank you, Father. Hmm. Hallelujah, hallelujah, mm -hmm. hallelujah. When the enemy begins, even after tonight, and you begin to feel like the pressure of the enemy trying to close in on it, 
darkness, pressure trying to come upon you, release your shout of victory. That's right. Release your shout of victory. Yes. My God, my yes. God, my God, my God. Mm. Mm. Release the shout. Yes, war cry of victory in Christ. Yes, yes. Jesus. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. <laughs> Receive your second win. Hallelujah. Mm -hmm. Hallelujah. You are worthy, Father. Amen. Thank you, God. God is taking us as a body. God is preparing us for victory, mm -hmm. for victory. But one thing I want you to know, your victory is one in Christ, but it's one right here in your mind, mind. Because this is a place of enemy. This is avenue of approach, your mind. My God, my God, my God, my God. So tonight we are going to continue. Um, we kind of like and pick up from last week. We're going to stay with this uh, uh, um, thing series of uh, you know, teaching of um, opposing viewpoints, mm -hmm. part two. Opposing viewpoints, part two. Now, look, if you have not had the opportunity to listen to last week's broadcast, I really encourage you to go back and listen to it again. Just go back and listen to it again because some of the things that we are going to be talking about this week is really going to tie in with last week, but I'm not going to go through all of last week again, right? So mm -hmm. it's important. I want to really encourage you to hear part one also. Mm -hmm. So so now, what God really began to say to me, he said this. This week when the Lord um, was speaking to me about um, yesterday and on, on, and on tonight, he said the enemy has released a systematic attack. A systematic attack. Now, 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 when I say systematic, a systematic is something that is done or acting according to a fixed plan, or a um, a fixed plan, or a system, a very organized plan. So, listen, when the enemy attacks. Mm, 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 mm. So it's like this. From a war point of view, as many of you know, when I spent time inside of the Marine Corps, right? The Marine Corps, we had this, this slogan, which say one shot, one kill, right? And, 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 and I mean, it was dealing with war, right? One shot, one kill. Basically, what you're saying, you don't waste your ammunition. You don't waste your bullets. And I want you to understand that the enemy does not waste his attacks. He don't just do the random things, but there's a purpose. There is a systematic purpose for everything that he does, right? Now, with this, let's go to in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. 2 Corinthians Chapter 2, verse 11. Now, and again, Satan is strategic in everything that he does. When Satan attacks, it is a progression. A lot of times it starts with a series of low-level attacks, and then it continually build up and increase. But and remember, 
he has a systematic plan. He has an avenue of approach. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. It says, lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. I'm going to say, now, last week we were talking about vantage and advantage, right? That's what we were talking about last week. So in 2 Corinthians chapter 2, it says, lest Satan should get an advantage over you, for we are not ignorant of his devices. The word advantage, right? The word advantage means a condition in our uh, circumstances that put one in favorable in a favorable or um, superior position, right? So, so the word of God said, he said what? That we are not ignorant of Satan's devices, but there are times, even in the body of Christ, that we are ignorant of his devices. Because it's like this, if we are ignorant of his devices, it would give him an advantage, a place of being a superior position over us if we are not aware of his devices. Mm -hmm. That's why it's so important. The Bible tells us to cast out all vain thoughts and imaginations, right? Everything, every high thing that is all itself against the knowledge of God, right? Right. So it's important that we do not allow him advantage, mm -hmm. right? over us. That's why it's important that we maintain our vantage point, right? That our that our point of view be the Lord's vantage point, right? So that we will have advantage over him instead of him having advantage over us, right? So, you know, again, too many believers are relying on their point of view, their natural point of view, instead of his point of view yeah. right we again we have to allow his point of view meaning god the father the son right their point of view to be our point of view because the holy spirit is living inside of us mm -hmm. residing with us and jesus said the holy spirit will uh, um he um, will speak to us wherever so he heareth and Jesus said that he will take of mine and, and show it unto you. Mm -hmm. So so you have to understand, even though we are walking in the natural on this earth, and this is our natural point of view, we have to allow, we have to allow the Holy Spirit. My God, my God, yes, Jesus. It's like this. A ship in the water, right? A ship out there in the water. They have all these instruments. I've never been on a ship, but this is why I'm saying as well. You've been on a ship, but not. Well, inside the, yeah. Mm -hmm. we, I have not been on the bridge. I think it's called a bridge, right? They have a navigation system. They have a navigator that study the path of the waters. You know, if there's like um, um, a less shadow part of the water and the ship can't get through that area, or maybe there's something out there that they need to divert course, or maybe the seas and um, the waves are coming at, at a different angle and the navigator has to adjust so the ship won't get rolled over. <laughs> there is this navigator. And do you understand that the Holy Ghost is our 
personal navigator, mm -hmm. despite that we may not see from our natural point of view, but there is, is a Holy Spirit that sees and hears mm -hmm. and he's instructing us, right? The only thing that we have to do is obey what he's saying, despite what my natural view may see. So he is our navigator. Mm -hmm. The enemy is strategic in his movements. Understand this. The enemy is strategic. Mm. I'm not giving glory to him, but I want you to understand. The enemy is strategic in his movement. There is a method to his madness. He has a method, a systematic method to the things that he is doing. So last week, Sunday before last, last week, <coughs> in church and, and as the week began to go on, I be, and as we did our live on Monday, last Monday night, the Lord began to show me. I started having different conversations with different people. Some at church, some away from church. But I began to hear this common theme in these conversations. The spirit of heaviness. The spirit of heaviness. And we have been in this place well, the spirit of fear and the spirit of heaviness. But the spirit has been moving across the land. It's been this, you know, we walk outside, we see the light, but there's been darkness. So there's been spiritual darkness moving across the land. And the body of Christ is feeling the effects of it as well as the world. The world is feeling the effects of it. But one thing that I want you to understand that in spiritual warfare, and, and, and we'll see how the Lord leads it as we go on, but 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 um, in spiritual warfare, let me tell you something. Spirits, they operate, what I'm seeing is like someone dancing, like a ballroom dancing. That's what I'm saying now. It's a very a choreographed movement. I want you to understand it's important that you begin to identify the way your enemy, the enemy attacks you. Because once you begin to identify a plan, the enemy is strategic in his movement. And you have to allow the Holy Spirit to show you the things that's going on in your life. What are the things that push your buttons? What what is the thing that gets you to try to to uh, try to get you to act out of the character of Christ. Mm -hmm. Begin to identify those areas in your life. Because the enemy has the same type of movement. He has the same type of movement. Just like in combat, you study your enemy. You study your enemy. You know how your enemy operates. But the main thing I want you to understand is you have to allow the Holy Spirit to do this. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to show you. Mm -hmm. Right? Now, the thing that I want to kind of point out here, and I want to show you some things in the scripture. The whole uh, 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 um, the enemy, the enemy don't operate solo. There are different type of spirits out there, and they begin to operate together for a common cause. Now, 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 the thing is, many times when when the enemy is operating, the enemy is operating in plain sight. In plain sight, and what I mean by he's operating in plain sight, if we position ourselves and get that proper uh, uh, vantage point, perspective, 
we will be able to see him very, very, very clearly. Even when we read the Bible, uh, um, as we get ready to go over this next section of scripture here, as we read the Bible, I'm I'm going to show you something. And it just amazed me. That, I mean, God just showed this to me. It was, it was totally 100% the Holy Ghost, right? And the enemy, right? He hides in plain sight. And it's important that we position ourselves with God in that vantage point so the Holy Spirit can begin to illuminate things unto us. Because the enemy, um, the enemy is not so smart in a sense in the way he do, he he does the same thing and the same maneuvers in a different forms and fashion, but the same type of movement. And you learn those movements and allow the Holy Ghost to show you. I'm telling you, you can disrupt darkness. Yes. You can disrupt darkness, mm -hmm. right? Now, the enemy is an imitator. We see all through the Bible, the enemy tries to imitate. He comes as an angel of light. He tries to imitate, right? He tries to imitate. Now, Jesus, when Jesus sent out disciples, he sent them out two by two, right? So he sent them out so they can be there together. They can work together. They can cover each other. The enemy has a same type of thing that he does. Now, watch this. Now, now, uh, uh, what I want you to do, let's go to 1 Kings chapter 19. And let's look at 1 Kings chapter 19, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. And in this, as we read this, I'm going to show you how the spirit, these same type of spirits are in operation right now inside of the earth. But I want to show you when God said prepare for victory, I want to show you how to identify these things when they are in operation so that you can properly combat them and come against them and destroy the works of darkness. Amen. Amen. Because, you know, even um, as it was said that the enemy, he's strategic, but he's, he's stupid too. Okay. He's stupid. So he, he comes, <laughs> he comes, but he'll come the same way mm -hmm. and the same way, you know, what, what, what's that thing that, you know, Oh, they got me triggered. You know, oh, you know, oh, they made me mad. But you know, nobody can make you mad. Nobody can. You have you have authority in so many ways, so many ways. And so, but so we can defeat, we can defeat him. We can defeat him. Mm -hmm. But we have to see and we have to acknowledge what is it? What 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 gets me boiling? You know, and then allow the Lord to do what he needs to do in us, but then also make sure that the enemy, mm -hmm. that he he has no um, um, no plan that he might would try on us work. So um, first Kings chapter 19, verse one through four, it says, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger unto Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more also, if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that he arose and went for his life and came to Beersheba. 
which belongeth to Judah and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and he requested for himself that he might die and said, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am not better than my fathers. Amen. So now I'm sure many know, right? This section of scripture here, as we go back inside of the previous chapter, this is when Elijah, Ahab was the king of Israel. He married Jezebel, uh, which follows false god Baal, a false god Baal. Ahab left um, God, the God of Israel, and began to follow Baal. And God sent the prophet Elijah to go tell him, right, to go and confront what he was doing. And there, and there, um, in the previous chapter, there was a thing called the Mount Carmel showdown. And uh, um, um, Elijah told them to build the altars and the God that answered by fire, let him be God. Mm -hmm. And they had all of the prophets of the grove of Baal, all of these false prophets. They began, they built the altar and they began to call on the God Baal. And when they began to call on the God Baal, nothing happened. Nothing happened. It came to a point where they began to cut themselves. They um, began to cut themselves. They began to cut themselves, and the God of Baal still was not answering. And Elijah kind of came in a very sarcastic way, and he said unto them, he said unto them, uh, um, uh, um, and and um, he said unto them, well, um, maybe he sleep. Maybe he's sleeping. He can't hear you. <laughs> he said, maybe he's asleep and he can't hear you. And they cut all the way into the afternoon, the evening time. And then Elijah came forth. He told them to rebuild the altar. We rebuild it and told them to pour the water. And he dug trenches around it. He told them to fill it up and they fill and they saturated the altar with water until um, even like um, even like and even like the trenches was full of water. The trenches were full of water. And God and uh, um, Elijah be began to call on the living God and fire fell and it consumed the altar. It lapped up the water, it said. It consumed up the water, my God. And then after that, he killed all the 400 prophets, the false prophets and the prophets of the grove. He, he um, slew them. Now, and that's when we pick up the story right here. Let's go back. First Kings chapter 19. Let's look at verses one and two first. <clears throat> it says, and Abraham told Jezebel all that Elijah had done. Right there, first of all, here, here we are. He is the king. He is the king, the appointed king by God, the appointed king of Israel. He went back and told his wife, Jezebel, what Elijah had done. Ahab. Mm -hmm. Who did I say? Abraham. Thank you. <laughs> Ahab. Ahab, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, went back and told uh, uh, Jezebel that all Elijah had done. And with all how he had slain all the prophets with the sword. And get this in verse 2. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, so let the gods do to me. And more also, 
if I make not thy life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. Now, I want you to see something right here. Jezebel did not come to Elijah herself. Right there, that says a whole lot right there. He just killed over 400 men. Right? Well, the prophets. Killed over 400 plus the prophets of the glory. Right? And Jezebel sent a messenger. Get this. She did not go to him herself. She had time to go to him. If she had time to send a messenger, she had time to go to him herself. But what she did, she threatened him. She threatened him. A threat is to intimidate or to impose fear. And what God said, how many of us in the body of Christ that Satan is sending a messenger that is whispering in our ear? Mm-hmm. What you, wait a minute, what? No, no, I don't hear voices like that. I don't hear demons. Yes, you do. You, you uh, may not hear that audible voice, but you know that thought that's in your head to say that you're going to die and not live and how everything's going to fall apart and this is going to happen and that's going to happen and nothing around your surrounding has changed. That's a messenger from Satan. This enemy is whispering into your uh, um, ear gate, into your spiritual ear. And you begin to think things and you begin to have these imaginations and things of what you just heard. So just as Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah, so has the enemy sending demonic powers and forces and spirit to whisper and to put things inside of our minds. Now watch this. Now let's go hold on your place there, but let's flip over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. Second Timothy, chapter one, verse seven. So it says this. It says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, mm-hmm. a spirit of fear. Uh, and I want to just highlight that real, real quick. A spirit of fear, right? But of power of love and a sound mind. I want you to understand something here, right? Now, the spirit of fear always attacks your mind. It always attacks your mind. You get things in your head that are not reality. It put things in your head so that you will begin to imagine things and your life is altered. The way you feel goes back to our talking about your soulless realm, your mind, your will, and your emotion. All of those things are controlled by your thought process. And an enemy can come in and grab control of your thoughts. Hmm. That's the way he can control you. Now, watch this. In verse 3, now let me show you. In uh, uh, um, 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3, let's go back to 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 3. Verse 3 says, and when he saw, talking about Elijah, right? When he saw, when Elijah saw that, he arose and went for his life and came to and came to um, and came to Beersheba. Mm-hmm. 
Let's stop right there for a second. Now, what was it that Elijah saw? Elijah was, was wherever he was after he had, had a great victory. God answered by fire. And here, a messenger come with a message from Jezebel to threaten him. And what did it say? It says, and when he saw her come with a knife? No. What did it say? It says, when he saw that, what and what did he see? So he, he heard the words. He heard the words, and then he created a picture. Mm -hmm. He heard the words, and then he created in his movie. mind. Yep, a movie. He saw. Then he saw. He saw. He saw. Mm -hmm. He saw it. Mm -hmm. So, 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 it's just like us. Mm -hmm. We're going through life. We got to. Oh, I got. It. And then we saw imagination. This stuff started running through our head. Man, we saw. It's like a. Uh, and you know, on one of the real, real, the real to real projectors, it just stuff just running through our minds, right? That's why the Bible tells us to cast down all vain thoughts and imagination, every high thing that is all this stuff against the knowledge of God. Anything that's contrary to the word of God, we got to grab control of it, pull it down, bring it, bring it to the obedience of Christ, bring it, bring it to the obedience of the word. And the word of God has to be our absolute reality, right? But back here, verse three, it says that when he saw it, he saw what she said. He saw himself getting killed. He saw her slaying him, killing him, right? It says, and uh, when he saw that, he arose and he went for his life. In other words, he ran for his life. And he came to, uh, he came to, uh, um, he came to, came to Bathsheba, which belongs to Judah. And he left his servant there. Now I want you to watch this. We 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 clearly see the Bible. Uh, 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 um, we clearly see right. We clearly see the spirit of fear enter into the scene. Mm -hmm. The spirit of fear came into the scene. It didn't say it in the scripture, right? But he saw. He saw. He became afraid. And he ran for his life. Then watch what happened. Then when he came to uh, Bathsheba. It says, which belonged to Judah, and it says he left his servant there. Now watch this. The spirit of fear, and I believe this is the beginning when he left his servant there, the spirit of heaviness began to come in at this point. Now, now um, the reason I say this, and you will begin to sit as we begin to go through. It says, uh, right here, it says, and he left his servant there. When the spirit of heaviness come in, spirit of heaviness, uh, uh, for those who may not know, the spirit of heaviness, uh, uh, the spirit of heaviness manifests through uh, suicidal thoughts, uh, depression, and things of that nature. The spirit of fear is anxiety, and things of that nature, right? But watch this. The spirit of heaviness, when, 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 uh, uh, watch this. If any of us ever felt this depression, what happens? You want to separate yourself from people. You don't want to deal with nobody. You just want to have some time by yourself, right? This right here was the beginning of the spirit of heaviness began to creep in when he he went and he left his servant. And then as we go down to verse four, very, 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 very key here. Watch this. And on verse four, it says, but he himself went a day's journey into um, the wilderness. Watch this. A time of separation. I need I need um, to separate and rate myself from my servant. The very one, watch this, 
his servant was there to help him. I'm sure his servants were there to uh, provide, to uh, cover his back in battle, to be there with him. And he said he left him. They went out in twos. Elijah and his servant said, again, what? Twos. Go out in twos. And, 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 and he wanted to separate himself. Then he went, went a day's journey into the wilderness. Mm -hmm. I want to be isolated. I want to be by myself. And do you know that same thing happens today when the spirit of heaven has come in? And for those that go, that that, that may be going to church on a regular basis, I, and I know with the pandemic, even with and even with the pandemic, get it. I know it's real, right? But even in that, sometimes the spirit of fear controls them. We just totally want to isolate. But even before that, and even now as the things are beginning to opening up the country and different things are going on, they say the numbers are going down and all that kind of stuff. But listen, but I want you to see this from a spiritual point of view, right? From the spiritual point of view, the things in the spirit manifest as in this natural, they're parallel. The spiritual world and the natural world, they're parallel. Mm -hmm. Where things happen in the spirit, it first manifests in the spirit. It happens in the spirit and then manifests into the earth. Now watch this. Elijah, again, he was dealing with spirit of fear. He ran for his life. Mm -hmm. And then um, the spirit of heaviness moved in, right? And then when the spirit of heaviness moved in, he wanted to separate himself from the very one that can help him. You know, there are times when there's people in our church when we have some good friends, those ones that those ones that will go to the back for us. When that spirit of heaviness comes in, the first thing we want to do is separate from. We don't want to talk to nobody. The spirit of heaviness has set in. That's the first sign of the spirit of heaviness beginning to come in. And I'm not talking about you pulling away from the group so that you can spend time with God and you are excited to get in the presence of God. I'm not I'm not talking about that kind of pulling away. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about that pulling away. Like, oh, whoa, it's me. Nobody loves me. Uh, I'm going to just go over here. Nobody cares. Nobody. And you'll be sitting there in the... And your phone be ranging. You be like, "Deny, I don't, I, I don't want to talk to nobody." And the people are calling because they love you. They haven't seen you. They concerned. But that spirit of heaven, think you that are all we get you to think you're the only one. Mm -hmm. hmm, my God. Mm. And we see this with Elijah. Let's go back to verse four. Mm. It says, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree. And he requested, get this, he requested for himself that he might die. Mm -hmm. And he said, it is enough now, O Lord, take my life. And then get this, for I am no better than my fathers. I'm no better than those before me. They meant. I'm no better than them. Mm. Second thing I want to point out here is the spirit of heaviness will weigh you down. Get it, get it, understand. The spirit of heaviness will weigh you down. Depression. Mm -hmm. Now, let me say this too. There is no such thing, we do not read it in the Bible, a spirit of depression. And I know sometimes... We sometimes as believers we uh, put words, we'll put things together, but it's not in the Bible. What we need to be praying against is the spirit of heaviness. Mm -hmm. The spirit of heaven is actually in the Bible, right? 
It is the spirit of heaviness, and it manifested itself through um, depression, mm -hmm. uh, and suicidal thoughts, and things of that nature. Right? That's how it manifests. And you can look it up. Look at this takes time to look it up. But 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 listen. Now the other thing that I want to point out is this: when the spirit of heaviness come in, you begin to make comparisons. Watch this. You begin to make comparison. Maybe you'll look back at your bloodline. Well, I got this in my bloodline, and it passed it down through the generation. And the enemy is getting all kinds of stuff in your head. You can get all kinds of stuff in your head. You are sort of looking at where you come from. Well, you know, I'm really no better than such and such. He did this, or she did the same thing. And I, here I am doing the same thing. This is what Elijah was doing. Elijah was looking back. And a lot of times people will look at their past failures. That they will look at their failures. They look at the times when they failed God. They will look at times when they made decisions that was against God. And all the this spirit will begin to bring all these things and speak all these things. And again, you may not hear audibly, but you hear inside your mind. You got all these things going on inside your mind. And what happens sometimes, you know what happens? You will be by yourself and start speaking out the stuff you hear in your mind. Mm. You know what you're doing? You're giving life to it. You're giving life to it. Power of life and death is in the power of our tongue, right? And we begin, we'd be sitting in a room by ourselves. Oh, you know, I'm so bad. Oh, I fell God again. I don't know why I keep, and we just start rehearsing. We, we mm -hmm. start regurgitating and giving life to the lies that are in our mind. Mm -hmm. And that's how those spirits operate, the spirit of fear and the spirit of heaven. They run in concert with each other. Hmm. God, God. Mm. But I want you to understand, let's go to Romans chapter eight. This is the last verse I want to leave. In Romans chapter eight, verse one, very popular scripture. I mean, many, many of us know it by heart, right? Before, before you mm -hmm. go to that, can I? Um, just one more thing um, concerning that section. And we see how, how Elijah, he just took what um, was spoken and how he went. We see that the heaviness came upon him. We see how he wanted to die. You know, that, you know, he, he didn't say he wanted to kill himself, but he wanted to die. That's all. That's all all grouped together. So even if like, right, you say, well, I'm not going to take my life, but God, you know, let me die. And all the, you know, I'm tired of this. I don't want to be here no more. All that is all coupled together. Mm -hmm. But the Lord had his hand on Elijah. And it's just really something how we see how just from that being spoken, but even we see the, if we go into chapter 18, if you're still if you if you're still there if not that's fine but in chapter 18 the last verse of chapter 18 and it said and the hand of the lord was on elijah and he girded up his loins and ran um before ahab to the entrance of jezreel so so it said that the the lord was had his hand on on him had his hand on elijah and if we go even deeper back in 18 we see even 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 how he called on on the lord 
um, in verse 37, it said, hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that thou art the Lord God and that thou hast turned their heart back again. And it said, and then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offerings, but he called on the Lord. So it's something that then when this, this came to him, when the, this message came to him, that he didn't call on that same God. He didn't call on him. Instead, he took what was said as, as, as the word and, and allowed fear to overtake him. And so many times we get reports, we might get a bad report or we might get a little bit of a snippet of something and then we allow it to grow into this big thing in our head and we never go to the Lord. We don't go and say, God, help, here I am. You, 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 you hear what, what is being said. You, or, or even if it's, even if it's a thought that instead of us casting the thought down, instead of us saying, God, you know, I'm having these thoughts again, father, I need your help. I'm, I'm going to cast, I'm casting them down, but I'm, I'm, I'm having, help me father, you know, and, and, and even in the calling on him, he might lead you. Well, look, read this. Or he might lead you, turn this worship song on. He might lead you in a different way. But so many times, instead of us calling on him like we did before, we see Elijah called on him. But then right here, when, when that's when he should have called on him again. Yes. And said, God, you you hear what this, this woman has sent in her messenger and said. But he didn't do that. We always have choices in the situation. It said that God's hand was upon Elijah. God's hand is upon you. Yes. But just because his hand is upon you does not mean things are not going to come before you. Mm -hmm. But you need to do what you did before. And that's call on the name of the Lord. That's God. Okay. You know what? I'm at a crossroad. I don't know which way to go. I need your help. Mm -hmm. Or Father, I trust you. I'm going to wait on you. Whatever that you have to, you can't then go rogue and be like, okay, I got this information and this is what I'm going to do. Or I got this information um, or I have this thought. And so now I'm laying up in the bed, just scared. Like, I don't know what, what's, what's tomorrow going to hold. That's not what he wants. He wants us to rest in him. But the thing is, when situations occur, when, 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 when things happen, um, uninspect, uh, un unexpected or expected. Lots happens. You know, a lot of things happen, but in the midst of whatever happens in your life, even if you are, like I said, hurting, if you are feeling however you're feeling because of different things that have taken place, keep that communication open. Keep it open. Talk to him. Yes, Jesus. He can take it. Let him lead you and guide you. Mm -hmm. A lot. This could have turned out very different, but praise God that it's also a yes. learning. It's, it's a yes. learning experience. Mm -hmm. We see how Elijah, this, this powerful prophet mm -hmm. and how just a word changed just everything about him. But we can learn from that, that it, it does not have to be so. 
So, okay, we're gonna go to Romans. Yeah. And, and and so right also right. It may not necessarily be the spirit of fear. It could be other things. The thing is, whatever ever you are being attacked with to try to pull you from that vantage point, to pull you from what God's word said and to get you to act in the natural. Mm -hmm. Whatever it may be, it may not necessarily be those two things. Those two things that, that the Lord led me to really talk about in this teaching because those two things are running rampant. It's really uh, uh, um, in operation in the earth. Mm -hmm. But there's other things that go along and so many more. But I want you to understand wherever it is that is pulling you out from the vantage point, pulling you out of that place of victory, you have to deal with those things. Basically, not well, you just have to use the word of God. You have to use the word of God. Mm -hmm. You have to fight the good fight of faith. Yes. And even um, as we go into Romans 8 1, right? So many times we start looking at ourselves when we fail God and we've done this and we've done that. We said that we acted this way or whatever it may be. Uh, um, let's let Romans 8 verse 1 here. You go ahead and read it. Romans 8, Romans chapter 8, verse 1. It says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. There is no condemnation for them in Christ Jesus. And, 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 and you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes, uh, uh, sometimes, People, I heard people, they just read that portion. They just quote that portion. There is therefore no combination for those which are in Christ Jesus, which is true. Then, but it's a comma and it, it continues on. Who walk not after the flesh, mm -hmm. but after the spirit. So it's like this. When we walk in the spirit of God, we're walking in his spirit. Sometimes when we walk in his spirit, the enemy try to bring things things to us from what we did in our past. The Bible says, there is no condemnation for those which are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh. Mm -hmm. Now, I mean, if you walk in the flesh, if you're walking in the flesh and you're having your fix of carnality and, and, and uh, your moments, right? And, 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 and you're not walking in the spirit. Mm -hmm. You're leaving the enemy uh, avenue to really sincerely attack and weigh you down. But even then, repent, turn. Repent. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Ask God for forgiveness. Get back in the spirit. You know, walk in the spirit. Walk in the spirit. You know, and and but what? Uh, but what we have went over today, right? Um, well, this evening. Main thing is where again we're really hitting on is that spirit of fear, and that spirit of heaven is because the other one that I want to throw in with this. Uh, um, after what I have seen in the spirit was the spirit of fear it's a door opener it's like in the spirit realm it's like almost what I've in and I'm putting this in uh, what I'm saying 
in the spirit more in a natural terms, right? Just as in just as a visual, what I begin to see is the spirit of fear will come forth. He is a door opener and he will hold the door open. Because you have to understand, stuff hit our minds, right? And in this case, that spirit of fear would come in, that spirit of heaviness come in, and then the spirit of bondage would come in. It's another spirit, mm. the spirit of bondage. And it gets locked away, gets caught, and hold us in this place. But even right there in the very beginning, when we begin to speak earlier, I saw that water hitting, like a tsunami wave hitting this brick wall, and the brick wall was collapsing, mm -hmm. and the water was coming in. We have allowed the Holy Ghost to flood us. Yes. Allow his spirit, that living way. Mm -hmm. You know, we quote the scripture. If if uh, we believe on him as the scriptures have said, for out of our belly shall flow rivers of living water. Mm -hmm. That living water will water water will destroy anything. Even in the natural, <laughs> water will destroy anything. Mm. My God, my God. So, you know, even as we've been speaking in the tonight, right? Even as we've been speaking tonight, you know, can you identify, even in your personal lives, with the things that were said, can you identify the spirit of fear and the spirit of heaven and the spirit of bondage and any other thing that may be in trying to gain access? But, but, or have trying to gain access or gain access or have been influencing, right? The thing is, y'all, we don't have to, um, that does not have to be our portion in life. Mm -hmm. It does not have to be. The thing is, if now, again, we all get hit with things, no one is exempt. No one is exempt, but it's your, it's your, uh, in perspective of what you're going through. Are you allowing what you're going through? Are you looking through the lenses of your point of view, the way you naturally see things, the way you see things unfolding? Are 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 you looking from the vantage point, or are you walking in victory? The battle has already been won. We just have to walk in the victory. The battle is already won. Mm 